Romans, the first chapter, looking at verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by some means now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Father, we've gathered here this morning in that mutual faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're here to be encouraged, to be uplifted, to be strengthened as the body of Christ that we might do the work of the ministry. Lord, I believe that your word this morning, as always, will accomplish that for which it's sent. Lord, open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, and our heart to receive. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest upon your servant, and may I be hid behind the cross that Jesus might come forth. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. There's a legend about two angels, and uh, these two angels were sent out to gather all the prayers of the earth. They were to go and to gather all the petitions. This one angel was to gather all the petitions. The other angel was to gather in his basket all the prayers of thanksgiving. They were gone quite a while, and the one angel came back, and he, he stood there, and his basket was full to overflowing with petitions of the people of mankind. But the other angel returned, and he was heavy of heart, and he just couldn't quite understand his basket was nearly empty. Why, when God had done so much for men, men were so unthankful. For though he'd tried, he'd found very few prayers of thanksgiving being offered up. I want you to notice verse 8. It says, first, I thank my God. First, uno. As the Japanese say, ichiban, number one. 
first of all, not second, not third, not last, but first of all, I thank my God. How many of us can really say that? That first of all, I thank my God. We're so quick to come with our petitions and expect God to do something for us. And we're so slow to give thanks unto God. First, praise should always precede petitions. Thank God before making a request from him. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. I want you to catch that. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Oh, we're, we're going to be celebrating in just a few days a national holiday. And this national holiday started with the pilgrims. They had made it through a horrible, horrible winter. And now they had planted some crops and those crops had come into fruition and they were thankful to God and they held a feast thanking God let's not forget why we have thanksgiving it's because we have a merciful God we have a God who supplies our needs a God who loves us hallelujah a Puritan expressed it this way it's rent due him for the mercies received. Oh, God deserves so much and we give him so little. Thanksgiving is an effective way of strengthening faith. It produces the right heart attitudes that are suitable for making petitions of God. Psalm 100, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with... and into his courts with... Praise! Hallelujah! Give thanks unto him and praise his name! Hallelujah. He's worthy of praise, isn't he? Praise God. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Psalm 107, verse 22. Hallelujah. O oh Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant the son of your, your maidservant. You have fed me from my, freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. Sacrifice. Sometimes it's a sacrifice 
to give thanks. Did you know that? I mean, when everything's falling apart, God hasn't changed. When everything seems to be piling in on you, God's still on the throne. Amen? And even in those situations, we can thank God for who He is and what He's already done for us, can't we? I mean, we don't have to thank Him that, oh, thank God I broke my leg. No. But He makes all things work together for good for them that love God and who are called according to His purpose. And I can thank God that He is still there to heal that, that wound. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Philippians, turn there with me. Chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 3. I want you to get a feel of, of this man's heart. Paul, it was such... No wonder he did so much for God. He was always thankful. Amen? Listen to what he says. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer, not in some of them, but in every prayer of mine making requests for you all with joy. Isn't that something? He had such a heart for people and such a heart for God. Hebrews 13, 15 talks about Thanksgiving being the fruit of our lips. I think what's in the heart comes out of the mouth. That's what Jesus says. Amen? And if we've got a thankful heart, we're going to express thanksgiving. Amen? Hallelujah. In Colossians 4 and verse 2 it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Being watchful and thankful. You know, sometimes we get discouraged. Well, I prayed about that, and God hasn't answered it yet. And I'm, I don't know, He just doesn't seem to hear my prayers. Thank God. Praise God. You know, many books have been written on, on the, the power and praise. Merlin Carruthers is one of those that has written some of those books on the power of praise. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is power in praise. Glory to God. God inhabits the praises of His people. And when you begin to praise God, God draws nigh unto you when you're drawing nigh unto Him. Hallelujah. So first of all, not, uh, oh, by the way, God, thanks, you know, at the end of your prayer. But first of all, first of all, give thanks. I thank my God. Then secondly here, we have a personal 
relationship. He says, first, I thank who? My God! My God! He may be your God, and that's good. But he's my God. He's my personal God. Hallelujah. Paul had a relationship with God. It hadn't always been that way. But he, he became God's, not because he chose God, but because God chose him. How many of you know you didn't choose God? God chose you. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're his. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, the Bible says. Look at Galatians. Turn to Galatians with me, the first chapter. Galatians, first chapter. And we're going to read about Paul here, starting with verse 11. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God... But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. He was separated from his mother's womb and yet he was doing all of these things. See, God knows what we have to go through to prepare us. He knows he has a plan. It may be hard to believe that God would choose you or choose me, but he has. And it wasn't our choice, it was his choice. And when it pleased God, he separated me. In other words, he redeemed me, he regenerated me. It was his choice. And Paul had just surrendered to the claims of Jesus Christ, that's all. On the road to Damascus, all of a sudden there was a great light. And he was knocked from his horse. And there was a voice from heaven that said, Saul, Saul, why dost thou persecute thou me? He said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? <laughs> All of a sudden, he was obedient to God. 
What will you have me to do? He realized that there was a claim upon his life. He realized that there had to be a change in his life. He realized that Jesus Christ was in charge of his life. And there was a work to be done. Hallelujah. And I think it would do us very much uh, good if in our prayers we just come to God and say, Oh, God, first of all, thank him. Thank him. Praise him. And then say, God, what would thou have me to do? You know, he's got something for you to do. It wasn't just Paul. He's got something for every one of us. There's a special job that is tailor-made for you. If everyone would come and ask that kind of a question of God, Sandy wouldn't have to be around looking for Sunday school teachers, begging people. Amen? Wouldn't have to be around looking for, for, for uh, missionette leaders. Everyone would know, hey, I'm called of God to be a missionette leader. I'm called of God to be an elder. See, you've got to realize that that's a calling from God. What would you have me to do? Would you have me to join and be a part of this local body? If so, then I've got something to do in this local body. Or you wouldn't have placed me here to begin with. You certainly didn't send me here to sit on a pew. Hallelujah. I want you to notice that Paul's relationship was assured. He didn't have any doubts. No doubts whatsoever. No hesitation. He immediately began to preach the word. He, he, he went into, into uh, Arabia first. He received revelations from God. He didn't go and, and try to learn it from everybody else. He got it directly from God, and he began to preach, and then he went and talked to the brothers later. Amen? Hey, we still can receive revelations from God. God can still open the Word to us. We are still called of God. We're still equipped of God. Glory to God. Look at that. Woo! Shouldn't carry so many notes in my Bible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Job, in Job 42.5, he says, My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you or have beheld you. See, Job, finally, he'd heard about him, but now he had a personal experience with God. Paul had his moment on the Damascus Road. Hallelujah. Paul could say, I know in whom I believe. Amen. He'd seen him face to face. I know in whom I believe. And I want to tell you, when you've had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
No one can take that away from you. You don't have to say, I, I wonder if I'm saved. Glory to God, you can fall back on that experience. You can say, I know I'm saved. I spoke to Jesus this morning. I, I got the word from him this morning before I left home. Hallelujah. He's alive. My God rules. My God reigns. I've had an experience with him. I have a fellowship with him. And I know in whom I believe. Hallelujah. Do you have a personal relationship with God? Have you had a Damascus Road experience? Or like Job? Not with these eyes, but with the eyes of your understanding. Have you seen Jesus? Oh, there's some people that get visions. And glory to God for visions. It says in the last days we're going to see visions. Amen? But when you've met Jesus, oh, it, it just revolutionizes your, your life. And especially your prayer life. You're no longer praying to some God way out there. You're praying to a personal God that indwelled the temple. Hallelujah. You know, the first time that ever came true to me, I was in Bible school. And I'm traveling from Niagara Falls. And I, I'm driving along in my Buick, just praising the Lord and meditating upon that word. The word... Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I was meditating upon those. And all of a sudden, it was like I was lifted right out of myself. And all of a sudden, I could see it wasn't me. It was Jesus. And I almost ran off the road. <laughs> glory to God! Don't get around us fanatics! I'm telling you, sometimes we get carried away! What an experience to know that when I went and laid hands on somebody, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. When I prayed for somebody, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. Oh, what a revelation. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'll tell you, when that night I, I got back to the, to the dorm, and I was so busy talking to Jesus... I couldn't sleep all night long. All I wanted to do, it was like my best friend came over to spend the night with me. You know how you kids do that? You can't shut up you, all night long. You talk, 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 talk. And I couldn't stop talking to Jesus. And that's the kind of experience you need if you're going to enhance your prayer life. You need to realize that He's not out there. He's right here. Hallelujah. We see here also in our text provisions for approaching purity. You know, you just can't come. We're, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
at best, at best, we're, we're nothing but our righteousness are as filthy rags. Amen? How does someone like us who are unholy approach the holy? See, Jesus has torn down the middle wall. And we can come directly into the throne of grace. We can come directly into the holy of holies before a holy God. Not in our righteousness, but in His. I am righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can come before a holy God. He says, come boldly unto the throne of grace that you might receive mercy. When I get the concept that I can come to Jesus Christ, uh, I can come through Jesus Christ into the very presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. For there is one God and one mediator between men and, uh, uh, and, and, and earth. There's just one mediator. That's Jesus Christ. He's the only way back to the Father. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. I'm telling you, there is something. And it's not magical, but it works like magic, doesn't it? It's the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. We are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we can approach a holy God because we are made righteous. We are made righteous. See, all of our sins was nailed to the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, Bob Rook went to the cross. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. You've got to get a hold of that concept. Nail it to the cross. Get rid of the old man. He isn't worth much anyway. Hallelujah. And then when we see here that there's a principle in prayer, he says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ, that's how we get to, to the God, for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For all of you. Hallelujah. Paul's prayers were not selfish. How many of you know that selfish prayers normally won't be answered? 
How many of us, have you ever listened to yourself pray? And it's me, 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 I, I, I. But Paul, it wasn't that way. He wasn't selfish. And this idea is completely foreign to the natural man. To be praying for someone. He had never met these Romans in the flesh. He'd only heard about them. That's what it says. And he prayed for them continuously in every prayer. How many of you realize that many people get saved because of the prayers of someone else that they have maybe never met? I know. God revealed it to me after I accepted Jesus Christ that it was the prayers and especially those of my sister the reason that I was able to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time she'd walk into church and they took prayer requests. Would you pray for my brother Bob? He's a terrible sinner. <laughs> and then when I'd walk into the church, everybody, oh, you're Bob Rook. Yes, I've heard a lot about you. <laughs> sure they had. There was something about that church. I just didn't want to go near it. I'd go home on leave and I'd leave all my uniforms and everything that I could get dressed up in at home, uh, at, at, at the base. Who wanted to go into a church full of fanatics like that anyway? A preacher that I met when I went up to meet the presbytery to get my license was one of those preachers that was the preacher of that church. One that I had read the one that I had read the riot act to. But he prayed for me all the time anyway. He says, Huh, you finally got here, huh? You know, the carnal mind just don't really grasp praying for the unsaved, praying for those that despitefully use you, praying for those that you don't even know. But you know, people can't come unless the Spirit draws. And we've got to be praying. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And he died, he bled for these people. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. We're to plead with people. Be reconciled unto God. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter who wins them to the Lord as long as they get one, right? One plants, another waters. Who gives the increase? God. Hallelujah. 
I love our intercessory group. Oh, I wish I could get more people in that intercessory group. If you can't pray on Wednesday mornings because you're working, find another time during the week when a bunch of you can get together. There's got to be an evening when you can get together somewhere and get down to business with God and pray. Amen? Hallelujah. And then we see the propagation of faith. He says, because your faith is being reported all over the world. <laughs> Don't you love it? He's been praying for these people. He's never seen them. But because I, I believe because he was been praying for them, God's been working in their life. And their faith is being talked about all over the world. Think what that do for your faith when you go to prayer. I've been praying for that group, and whoo, I've been hearing about their faith. My! It, that's something to be thankful for, isn't it? Hallelujah. That's what we want to see, isn't it? I mean faith that works, faith that's going on, faith that's being propagated, faith that's being talked about. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I run out of time and overtime and so on, so let me just kind of try to sum this up. First of all, we need to promote praise. Be thankful for what God is doing in your life. Number two, ask yourself, Do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ that compels me to go and fellowship with him? Draws me to him. I can't stop talking to him. I wouldn't if I could. That's the kind of prayer life you need. Amen? Am I praying for those that need salvation, whether I know them or not? Am I really concerned about the unsaved of this world? Hallelujah. I believe at this Thanksgiving time, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Amen? Hallelujah.